Hello, welcome to episode 30 of Defense Against the Dark Arts. I'm Paul Mill, and this is Antagonogenesis. Antagonistic genesis. There's, um, what is it, psychogenesis, is when something's formed from your mind. And then there's sociogenesis, when something is formed from society. And then there's antagonogenesis. My word, you can use it. I'm giving it to the world. It An antagonist uh, comes from an antagonist instead of a... Uh, from yourself or from society, if somebody's intentionally doing it. So it's an antagonogenesis. So the etiology, is that how you pronounce that word? Etiology, A-E-T-I-O, hell, uh, etiology, etiology. Anyway, so that's that word is concerned with the causes of a particular phenomena. And uh, this episode, we're going to be looking into the etiology of the phenomenon I call antagonogenesis. So during this pandemic, there is mass hysteria. Those of us experiencing it generally don't know we are experiencing it uh, because knowing you're experiencing it is what breaks the spell. So if you know you're experiencing it, chances are the spell's broken. Well, you still might be experiencing it, but not as deeply. So it's like uh, magic or incantations. Maybe the... Uh, the observant ones in the Middle Ages, hundreds of years ago, who saw things like this, didn't have names for the, the concepts uh, you know, that, that they were seeing. So they just called them, and they were like magic incantations, like the, the witches, right? Let's burn the witches. So it, it, it's still magic today. I mean, if we frame it and name it under a more scientific-sounding word like psychosis or hysteria, you know, but it's, it's still black magic. It's, it's dark arts. So maybe the term uh, today should be uh, or is epi epidemic hysteria. But it's all over the world, just in slightly different flavors. It's still pretty much the same thing. So maybe we should call it pandemic hysteria. But it's not hysteria about the pandemic. It is a hysteria that is around the world. So it is a pandemic hysteria. Subtle difference there, right? So it's not hysteria about the pandemic. This is the the, the, the hysteria is the pandemic or a, a pandemic, not the pandemic. It is a pandemic. So what is it? It's mass psychosis. So what does that mean? Mass, of course, means a lot of people. And psychosis means uh, a, an abnormal condition of the mind. So this results in difficulties determining what is real and what is not. Symptoms include delusions and hallucinations. Psychosis is not a binary concept where you either have it or not. It's an example of the heap fallacy. At what point does one grain turn into a heap? So this, this is an analog concept, a gradient from being completely out of touch with reality to not knowing for certain what is true. So here's the catch. An, an open-minded person can hold many plausible models of what could be true without committing to them. It doesn't mean we do. It just means we can or we have in the past. A closed-minded person will use heuristics and then jump in with both feet believing their favorite choice and ignoring the lack of evidence contrary to their evidence. So what does that sound like? If you ignore evidence that is contrary to your beliefs, 
Well, this is, we have a word. It's called delusional. Literally, that's what delusional means. If you ignore evidence that is contrary to your beliefs or contrary to the truth. <laughs> I guess it wouldn't be the truth, <laughs> right? If there's evidence against it. Well, not necessarily. Evidence could be uh, anything. Evidence is just somebody saying something. That is evidence. It's not good evidence. It may not be strong evidence. It might be bad evidence. It might be weak evidence. It might be false evidence. Evidence itself doesn't prove anything. Evidence just points to a certain direction. And as we all know, the whole point of critical thinking is that evidence doesn't always point to the truth. Right? There could be you know, a lot of other explanations just because something sort of points that direction. Right? The earth is flat. It looks flat. That's what the evidence indicates, so therefore it's flat. <laughs> so a delusion is a, a fixed belief that is not amenable to change in light of conflicting evidence. Technically, if you're able to change your interpretation or, or views at all, given new evidence, you are not delusional or at least no longer delusional about that one thing. There are many things that we may be delusional about. Religion, ideology, innocence or guilt of someone, politics, and so on. If we don't change our view despite strong, cogent evidence to the contrary, we might be delusional. Of course, this is not black and white. There are extremes where people believe they are werewolves, <laughs> right? or that they are turning into animals, skinwalkers, and things like that. Uh, I think the polished new clinical term for that is uh, uh, lycanthropy, lycan lycanthrope, lycanth lycanthorpe, lycanthrope, lycanthropy. Oh, fuck, who cares? Other delusions include people who believe they are dead, or someone close to them has been replaced by a clone. And the list goes on. Now, maybe we're making a lot of assumptions here. Right? Maybe they are replaced by clones. Maybe there is technology out there that we don't know about, right? Obviously, there is technology out there we don't know about because none of us know all the technology that there is, right? How could you? But chances are people around you have not been replaced by clones, invasion of the body snatchers. Maybe they have. I don't know. So there is a, a clinical delusion called thought insertion, which is a symptom of schizophrenia, where the sufferer does not know where their thoughts are coming from. So barring extremes, I call bullshit, because philosophers have been questioning where our thoughts come from for thousands of years, and nobody is schizophrenic for exploring that or not knowing where your thoughts come from, because nobody knows where our thoughts come from. <laughs> but I can see how in the extreme when, you know, people get carried away and they're thinking, oh, you know, somebody's implanting thoughts, because this is the whole point of the name of that. That was called thought insertion. So they're, well, I mean, we don't know where our thoughts are coming from, so maybe those crazy guys are right too. Who knows? So, so it's a philosophical question, and there still is no answer for it today. Which brings me back to psychosis. Now, I do not like the definition of psychosis because it is not abnormal. It's not an abnormal condition. I mean, if you're leaning against a tree and you're questioning whether the tree exists or not, well, that's a different story. Maybe that is abnormal. You know, nothing wrong with it if you want to 
debate whether that treaty exists or not, right? But it is that that's maybe a little abnormal. But if you have um, if you have an issue like that, tell yourself the tree's real in the reality that you're currently in and move on. Right? There's a solution for your problem. So in a, in a clinical diagnosis, it is, uh, and it's extreme, it's abnormal. But in terms of information, in a world full of propaganda, let me say that again, in a world full of propaganda <laughs> and, and intentional deception by professionals of the trade, I would argue that having difficulty determining what is real and what is not is a completely normal condition. In fact, it would be abnormal to claim to know for certain what is true in such a storm of bullshit of disinformation. And anybody who does believe that they know for certain what is real in that case is the one suffering from the abnormal condition, though a very common one. Can something... Uh, be abnormal and common what if the masses are crazy does the majority make it the norm do they make it normal now the world the world the word normal means a few things of course right it can mean conforming to a type that is considered uh, usual or typical it can also mean naturally occurring it can mean free from impairment or, or dysfunction free from defect. It can mean within a range considered safe. There are also geometric and computer graphics meanings that are not relevant here. So, you know, if you've, if you've ever done any graphics, you know what the normal, right? It's the face facing, it doesn't matter. So if we take a holistic meaning of the word normal, it doesn't really mean common. The concepts naturally occurring, free from dysfunction, and in a safe range, need to be integrated into our holistic definition of the word natural. So if the masses are crazy, that is not normal, but it may be common. It's not normal as there's dysfunction, and it is not within a safe range. So then, what is this mass psychosis? In short, it's a psychological contagion. Monkey see, monkey do. This is, a, uh, this is typically spread by fear in closed-minded people. But we all have a tendency to be closed-minded. We all have a tendency to be, you know, fearful. We all can be scared by something. That doesn't mean you're closed-minded if you're scared of something, right? But, and uh, if we're not actively trying to be open-minded and thinking critically, we can easily fall prey. So going back to delusions. Uh, where evidence will not change our mind. There is a clinical delusion called folie et deux, <laughs> my brutalized French, which translates into uh, madness of two. And uh, it's when two or more people who are uh, in a close association, close associ uh, when they're close together, uh, they come to share the same delusion. So if there's two people that work together, live together, whatever, right? So... The one person is delusional and the other person begins to share their delusion, which means they both refuse to change their beliefs based on new, conflicting, valid evidence. 
So group delusions and group psychosis can overlap. Before you say, I'm not closed-minded and it can happen to me, you're wrong. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if we lived in a world where everyone was open-minded and not delusional? But we all have tendencies to be closed-minded and to we have to actively use the, the techniques of critical thought, questioning, admitting that we might be wrong, searching for strong evidence, cogent evidence that can, you know, verify. And if, if we can, if we can't use deductive uh, logic, we have to realize the limits of inductive logic, that it's only a scale of plausibility. It is not definitely true or definitely false. So, uh, being also naive, uh, or not naive. We don't want to be naive idiots is what I'm trying to say and, and allow people to capitalize on loopholes of non-deductive logic and manipulate these techniques of critical thought against us. Because, you know, you might say, well, I could be wrong. And they're like, yes, you are wrong. Even though, you know, they're just crazy people trying to push their agenda on here. Right? So you got to be careful. So it's a narrow line. We cannot let our guard down and Trust has to be earned, but only trust, only uh, with trust can there be betrayal. We, uh, we invented the word betrayal uh, for a reason, to, to frame a concept, right? That it exists. Betrayal exists. So therefore, we have trusted people or things that have betrayed us. <laughs> so watch out. Uh, we all have been uh, betrayed by, in, in one way or another, you know, it's part of life. We sometimes trust those who don't deserve our trust. And when we lose ourselves in mass psychosis, we are betraying ourselves because we are not being critical. We are letting our emotions run wild. We are blocking evidence. We have become delusional. And it, it is a choice to not admit that we might be wrong. From the, uh, the good townsfolk burning the witches to the hordes today wanting people who choose to not get the COVID shot to die. <laughs> like you watch the news today and the politicians, the media, and people are being whipped into frenzies against people who choose to not get vaccinated or people who choose to not support the uh, vaccine passport. Now, we need to be very careful about this. Rights and freedoms are the most important thing there are. <laughs> People die to protect rights and freedoms, and they're being given up. They're being given up today for the sake of convenience. So, healthy people who, uh, you know, healthy people who who may now have natural immunity. They might have had the virus, and now they might have natural uh, immunity. They might be better protected and not spread, not, not transmitters or carriers of the virus. They're also being treated as lepers. Right? Society doesn't differentiate at this point. I shouldn't say society. I should say the, uh, the political establishment and all their useful idiots do not differentiate. It's you get the shot or you don't. You're, you're out. You're in the out group. doesn't matter. Right? It's black and white to these people. And we all know that, you know, when things become black and white, we're slid down the road into the fallacy, the either or fallacies, where there's no gray. It's just black and white. Black and white thinking is very uh, dangerous. It is very 
uh, it's used by manipulators, right, to simplify things, to make them simplistic, like overly simple to the point of being wrong. So mass psychosis can appear organically, and it has many times, due to stress, fear, uh, irrational thinking, and it can create a positive feedback loop that increases stress, fear, and more irrational thinking. But what we're experiencing today is not organic. There is some organic about it, but it is, it's not organic. It's not a naturally occurring mass psychosis. It's an inorganic mass psychosis. It is artificially created by an antagonist. It is an artificially created mass psychosis. Delusion is the end game of the manipulator. They do not want you to be able to change your mind in the face of contradictory evidence, which brings us to today. Uh, regimes, you know, they, they follow the techniques of brainwashing. There are manuals available by governments to the public about the detailed techniques used to manipulate a population. So this is not some conspiracy theory. This is <laughs> yeah, fucking manuals. So it, it's funny that some establishment types will argue there's no such thing as brainwashing, despite the existence of these manuals by the fucking government, which is a form of brainwashing, of course, called gaslighting. And if anyone happens to read these manuals, themselves, you know, read them out loud, you know, they will be called conspiracy theorists, which is also a term created to discredit people exposing <laughs> conspiracies, right? JFK warned us about them. A Abraham Lincoln warned us about, you know, these people trying to uh, call people conspiracy. They, they, they warned us about conspiracies. Not conspiracy theorists. They warned us about conspiracies, right? So our society is so subjugated uh, to this that if anyone dares mention the word conspiracy, they are reflexively called a conspiracy theorist or, or in your mind. It happens to me too. When I hear somebody say the word conspiracy, I automatically think, oh, conspiracy theorists are full of shit, right? You know, this is, this is an intentionally programmed response. So if you immediately think of the term conspiracy theorist and tinfoil hat, when someone mentions a conspiracy, you know you are brainwashed and are feeling its effects. I am. I feel it. I feel when people talk about, cons people talk about conspiracies, I'm like, oh, they're conspiracy. They're nuts, right? But then you're like, well, hold on a sec. What are they saying, right? Right? So, which is, of course, most of us. When someone mentions... Uh, Alex Jones, there's a part of me that reflexively dismisses anything he has to say, despite time proving most of his conspiracy theories to be correct. The Nexium cult in New York, where they would brand these girls, right? Brand them. They did. <laughs> Epstein Island, true. The Bohemian Grove, true. Clone beef, true. I mean, tons of all this stuff like that he says, and it just sounds crazy, because people are trying to discredit him. Why are they trying to discredit him when it turns out a lot of stuff he says is true? Now, I'm not saying everything the guy says is true, but I mean, right? So you should not be automatically dismissing everything these people say. But again, we've been conditioned to automatically say, oh, conspiracy theorist. So that that instant dismissal, that, that feeling is, is the conditioning that bypasses our thinking when we immediately, with reflexively think, oh, 
bullshit without even trying to think about or, or, or examine any kind of clues or evidence, right? So that is the scary part. We shouldn't be doing that. We should be examining the, what people say. If it's bullshit, we should determine it's bullshit without automatically jumping to the conclusion and saying it's bullshit or you always do this or this is always... No, 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 no. Listen to what people say, right? You could be wrong. We can be wrong. We are all wrong at times. Everybody fucking is wrong at times, man. Nobody's not wrong, right? So when somebody tells you not to read up or look into something, like, holy shit, right? Yeah. But if somebody says, uh, oh, don't read that stuff, you know, fucking right, I'm going to read it. Right? I'm going to look into it. If it's garbage, then it's garbage. I'm going to determine that. I'm not going to let you determine what's garbage for me, right? I'm not asking you to curate stuff for me, right? So uh, so as far as the dark arts go, uh, this is this is pretty powerful black magic. What politicians are not well-funded narcissists that are likely to be corrupt, right? So I'm saying they, politicians, are all <laughs> well-funded narcissists who are corrupt. <laughs> so what person uh, like that would not use uh, manipulative black magic, right, to intentionally get what they want? Is it, is it unlikely that somebody like that would use manipulative techniques that are, you know, not quite moral, <laughs> right? Uh, so the mass delusion that we appear to be experiencing is, an in, is, is intentional. It's an intentional coordinated program to bring about mass psychosis. I would, I could probably cite you, I could, I could, blah, blah, blah. I could probably cite you the chapter from one of the PSYOP manuals. Uh, those who, you know, burned the witches and the witch hunts presumably did not have some twisted individuals or groups manipulating the townsfolk to burn the witches. The townsfolk were organically affected by their fear and irrationality in a positive or a positive feedback loop, meaning it's getting stronger, not as in it's good or bad, right? So it's a negative thing, but it's a positive feedback loop because it's getting stronger. You get what I mean. Today, it's not so organic or innocent as the witch hunts of the past, our betters, our experts, know about mass psychosis <laughs> without doubt and how to inorganically bring it about. As I said, there are fucking manuals. This is uh, to consciously create an environment and, and, and triggers and then activate them on the unwitting targets who are you and me and the public. So we need a term for inorganic mass psychosis, something that doesn't sound so clinical. And it turns out we already have a term for this type of thing. That is psyops, psychological operations on a population. I'll be going to detail in upcoming episodes covering some uh, official unilateral rules of engagement for sanctioned psyops. Today, though, we're talking about a PSYOP perpetrated on its own population by, by their own leaders. So what's worse than this is this is happening not at a national level, but at a global level. We are not in Venezuela or the Eastern Bloc where there is hope to escape to somewhere free. In this scenario, there is nowhere civilized to run. You know, we might run to some banana republic, you know, but the globalists have no borders. 
the more civilized the place is, the more likely the globalists have their claws dug into the place. In fact, it's not likely. It's I don't think there is a place where they don't. So in terms of civilized countries. So what are the mechanisms of mass psychosis? Intense media coverage causes, can cause, or exacerbate symptoms. There is no correlation between intelligence, IQ scores, and susceptibility to falling from mass, uh, mass psychosis. There is no, there's no correlation between how smart you are, right? But being critical, you know, that is not trusting of everything we hear and demanding compelling evidence that it does not appeal to any of the fallacies. You know, and even then, when sources have betrayed our trust, we can never be fully convinced by their potential potentially compromised data, especially if if they're known to have political biases or agendas. Once the cup of trust is fractured, it no longer holds water. <laughs> so when you read up on mass mass ugh, I'm getting an accent, moss, moss psychosis. When you read up on mass psychosis, they mostly talk about uh, physiological effects, headaches, nausea, fatigue. But the aspect we're focusing on here are the, obviously, the mental, the psychological side of things. You might think, um, hold on, I'm going to reset my... You might think um, mass, mass hysteria, mass psychosis, what's the difference? The difference is that mass, mass hysteria is, is when the mob is very excited, emotional, full of fear and panic, right? You think of Frankenstein's monster, right? Or the, all the pitchforks and the thing, or the, or the burning of the witches, right? With the torches and the, the burning, right? So whereas a mass psychosis, the mob is physically disbanded. There's a mob, but they're not together en masse. They're, they're individuals. They're you and me at home or at work or in a park or at a restaurant, wherever. They may not be all together at the same time and place, but they are all together in the dimension of mind. Rod Serling. I love that guy. So they, they, you, they share the same detachment from reality, the same psychosis that was fed by fear and other heightened emotion. They are just as irrational as the mob, but what's frightening is they are calm and quiet. <laughs> they are not with the torches. They're not out in the hill, you know, screaming and yelling. They're calm and quiet, and yet they are experiencing mass psychosis. This is what's terrifying about this stuff. So they're, they're, they're fine, and, and they're rational until certain topics or concepts trigger a response in which they don't think but they just grab the automatic response that's been programmed into them, you know, that they've been conditioned to. So they, instead of thinking about it, they just automatically jump to the preconditioned response was, you know, conspiracy theorist, or I don't want to think about that, or that, that's, that's your, uh, your, you're an anti-vaxxer. I want you dead, right? Or whatever, you know, whatever the, whatever the conditioning is, right? Instead of just not jumping to that, and just, you know, slowly thinking about things like you normally do, right? And, and the information comes in, you analyze it, right? No, it's an automatic response. So the the normal, rational decision-making process is, is bypassed. It's one thing to be caught up in a crowd, 
you know, concerts or, or a mob and you're out, you know, witch burning, right? And, and this happens. And then you realize later, you know, maybe we shouldn't have burned that, that poor girl. Maybe <laughs> She wasn't a fucking witch, right? But when you're, you're calm, you know, you're, you're thinking, well, maybe I wasn't thinking straight with that mob when we were all chanting, burn the witch, right? But, but this is more sinister. We are all calm. We're not in a crowd. We're not en masse. And we don't realize that it's wrong to burn the bitch, the bitch, wrong to burn the witch later on when we're thinking straight, when we're calm, because we're always calm, calm and collected down, right? So you don't realize that it's wrong because you, you're conditioning. So the the mantra to break uh, psychoses or this psychosis is to say, I might be wrong. Right? This is part of critical thinking, and it's part of breaking free from cults. It's a part of breaking free from anything is to realize I might be wrong. Right, We don't want to face you know, what we fear. I shouldn't say that. We, a lot of us do. And, but it's, it, well, I don't know if anybody wants to face fear, right? but some people are more willing to than others. And, uh, and you might be, depending on the time of, you know, in your life, who knows? Sometimes you might be more willing to face your fears and other times you, maybe you don't, maybe you just want to have a nap. I don't know. But even though, uh, you know, it's, it's the best case scenario is to, is to face our fear, you know, but when this fear is, is fed and we don't face it, we can easily slide into a psychosis. I was watching, uh, data coming out of China back in January of 2020. And I made a little chart. I didn't. I wasn't counting the the infection rates for this for the virus. I was I was counting the uh, the death rates. And I showed it to a buddy, and I extrapolated. I showed the curve, all the data, and this is where the data ends, and this is what you know follow the curve, right? And I was like, well, this this virus could you know affect millions of people. And he laughed at me, and he called me a conspiracy theorist, which I found a little frustrating because the data was right there, and I'm like, man, like, are you are you doubting the data that I'm showing you here, like the everything leads up to this curve. And uh, he's just like, you're a conspiracy theorist. This, this, this virus is not going to, you know, get out of China. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to be a pandemic. Or actually back then it wasn't even going to be an epidemic, right? We, the word pandemic wasn't even on people's fucking radar. So a year later, the same guy had the virus and he got the vaccine like 10 days after his symptoms went away. And I'm like, dude, why would you do that? Like your your natural immunity just defeated the virus. So that shot would not only not do nothing, you know, because the, jo- the, the, the shot's job is to activate your immune system to the same spike protein, right, that your immune system was just activated to naturally. So what the fuck is the point of getting that shot? So he was getting all the, the risk and adverse potential side effects right? With zero benefit. He shrugged and said his doctor told him to, and he just doesn't want to get the virus again. Well, I mean, without knowing anything, those are pretty big assumptions, right? We, we did, we don't know right, a lot about these viruses or a lot about the, the shots. And his doctor should have known better to not be giving the shot 10 days after the guy just had the fucking virus. That's ridiculous. Maybe wait, you know, 90 days, 60 days, whatever. Right, but uh, and then check to see if he has the antibodies. Like, what the? Fu- how happened to science? Like, how come we're not checking stuff? Right? Just these decisions are based on fear. They're not rational thought. 
when I asked him, you know, about any, you know, re- reports, you know, about it, he said he doesn't have time. He's retired. He's choosing to not face his fear. The irony is that facing your fear alleviates your fear. It just turns into a concern and not necessarily a fear. It's just, well, now it's a concern and I'm getting a little more informed about it, right? So this is critical, right? That this is how you get rid of it by getting information on it which our manipulators know full well. So the political establishment uses the the basic routine to control the masses. They use fear and anger or any strong emotion to the point to the uh, to point to the witch who's responsible for all your problems, to the boogeyman and and not to the political establishment themselves or the big money who may actually be responsible. And it's a distraction, you know, to get you to fight amongst ourselves, you know, uh, and, and, you know, Bob's your uncle in terms of the, the, uh, political establishment. The details of the techniques have been covered in my earlier podcasts about, you know, conditioning and brainwashing and manipulation. So I'm not going to go over them again. So just, just check them out. If you're, uh, if you're smart enough to face your fears, that is, which is, quite painless and very rewarding. (laughs) Today, mass psychosis via psyops is so common that it is impossible to avoid. Just remember, emotion diminishes our reasoning. But so, well, fear is an emotion. I was going to say, but so does fear, but fear is an emotion. And there's there's an idea that you, you don't want to explore because it scares you. That's all the more reason to explore it. We don't have safeguards as a society to protect us from the ideological disease of mass psychosis. We are virtually defenseless against this psychological warfare. There may be um, some sociogenic factors. Sociogenic, of course, means motivated by social influences, values, or constraints. Monkey see, monkey do. These things are all about monkey see, monkey do. We're very primitive animals. What we are experiencing goes way beyond that. A major factor that can bring about organic mass psychosis is fucking stress. Knowing this, a narcissistic political establishment just needs to put a society into a state of stress, and the psychosis will start popping up all on their own. Then, to steer these psychoses away from the political establishment, all they need to do is point a finger and say, that witch is to blame. Look at those people. Those are the people that are responsible for whatever problems you have today. They're the witches. Hate them. Fight them. Don't look at us. Mass psychosis is a concern to the establishment as well. They're trying to come up with ways of differentiating medical patients from psychological ones, you know, for events such as a biological attack you know, like the release of a deadly virus or other deadly pathogens that may cause an epidemic or worse, a pandemic. (laughs) So the establishment has countermeasures. Well, they don't. They're looking into countermeasures to how to differentiate between the medically ill and the psychologically, although you could say, you know, psychologically is, you know, mental illness, right? Blah, blah, blah. But that's not, you get to differentiate what I'm talking about here. People who are actually affected by whatever the biological weapon is versus people who are just psychologically 
experiencing mass psychosis. There's, those are two different things. One person may die from it. The other person won't. Right? So this is where we're trying to differentiate between those. So now I'm not trying to say that, you know, mental illness isn't an illness. I'm talking about differentiating between actual people who are exposed to a pathogen versus people who just are acting like they've been exposed to a pathogen and believe they've been exposed to a pathogen, right? So most of us have heard of the uh, Havana syndrome at the Canadian and U.S. embassies in Cuba. Workers have experienced symptoms, which some experts those beautiful experts can attribute to a psychogenic outbreak, which is the mm, psychological contagion of fear, hysteria, followed by monkey see, monkey do, also known as sociologic, sociogenic factors. So they see other people doing it. He, oh, you're getting nauseous. I'm nauseous. Oh, you're getting a headache. I, I'm getting a headache. Oh, you hear a hum. I hear a hum. Right, so psychogenic just means originating from the mind. Sociogenic means originating from society. So what can we call the psychological warfare that's origin is from an antagonist, right? The name of this podcast, it's antago, antagonist? So antagonogenetic. No, antagonogenic. <laughs> antagonogenic. Antagonogenic. Say it three times. Antagonogenic antagonogenic, uh, an antagonist origin. But even though maybe somebody else has come up with that word before, I've never heard it. I coined it, so I'm giving it to the public domain. Feel free to use it, quote it. So antagonogenesis is, uh, is the name of this episode. Uh, there are many epi examples, episodes, there are many examples of small cases of organic mass psychosis today. There was a popular YouTuber who had Tourette's, uh, well, Tourette's-like behavior. And there was a sharp rise in people referred to clinics specializing in tics. The conclusion was that this was a social condition that was exacerbated by eco-anxiety and fear about the COVID pandemic. And the primary vector of transmission was social media. If you find that you're worried about dying from eco-disasters or a viral pandemic, just know that you can only be killed by one of those things, right? So worrying about more than one thing that can kill you is futile. <laughs> just worry about, you know, if, if you have 10 different ways, you don't need to be 10 times more concerned. If they're just, if you're dead, you're dead, right? So what you, what you find out, there's the you know, chance of getting killed, which everybody has since birth, right? There's no reason to be scared about 40 different ways of dying or a thousand different ways. Who cares, right? Death is death, right? So we can extrapolate. If that little YouTube channel can have an effect like that, what effect could the mass media create? Less or more? Oh, I read an article about uh, the witch hunts and they were actually blaming the girls for being the ones who were experiencing the mass psychosis. One girl would contort, you know, from maybe she had epilepsy. I don't know. And other, and other girls would see her and they would mimic her behavior. So they were experiencing some type of psychosis, right? Maybe a, 
uh, what is it called? Uh, folio du, right? If there's only two of them, but uh, there was a lot more than that. So it turned it was a mass psychosis, right? So freaking out the uh, this freaked out the good townspeople, the good townsfolk, the kindly townsfolk. And uh, if you read uh, Carl, if you read Carl Jung, um, according to Jung, the greatest threats to our society isn't disease but with our inabilities to deal with the forces on our own psyche. When we are experiencing it, we do not realize that we are experiencing it. This means even if you think you're not experiencing it, you may still be experiencing it. I'm probably experiencing it. You're probably experiencing it. (laughs) So what triggers it? A flood of emotions, fear, and anxiety. They, They drive us to the state of panic. Maybe not all of us. Not all, you know, I'm not panicking, obviously, right now, but this, right? So when panicking, uh, our main goal is to seek relief. And if you're in such a, a worked-up state, right, you may have a psychotic break because you cannot seek relief no matter what you try to do, which means you, we, I, you, whatever, whoever, we, all of us, <laughs> we begin to blend fact and fiction or delusions and reality and in a way that that ends or soothes our panic because we can't find relief so we devise a pathological way of seeing things a new insight which allows us to experience these abnormal experiences this could be uh you know saying it was a weather balloon and not a ufo some people are really freaked out about ufos which kind of, you know or or it wasn't a dead body that they saw. It was a mannequin, right? Like a mannequin. They, were, they saw an accident, and there was a, a mannequin in the driver's seat of the car that was dead. Right? So it must have been a mannequin, right? So people, some people, you know, react to stuff. They get freaked out when they see bodies and stuff, which is, you know, understandable. But, you know, or, or the news and the politicians, you know, they don't lie to us because if they did lie to us, what would that mean? Holy shit, there's nothing under my feet. Right, I'm floating, right? How do I get my footing if there's nothing under my feet? If they're all all our experts and our they're all lying to us, they don't always tell us the truth. What the fuck, right? So a lot of people just grasp and say they don't lie to us. They tell us the truth. I trust them, right? I've got nothing to fear. What the fuck do you mean you got nothing? <laughs> so this uh, this the this pathological new insight that we fabricate for our peace of mind is psychotic that is you know the word psychotic means it's out of touch with reality because it is based on delusions because we are not using the evidence right we're not we're not examining the evidence we're ignoring the evidence so this makes us delusional right which is not healthy it's it's uh critical and adaptive ways of of relating to you know whatever is creating the panic are, are not being done Right, we're we're creating this this pathological delusion to soothe ourselves because we can't, right, or we won't, or we're choosing not to face our fear. So the path out is always to face your fear and to think you could be wrong. I could be wrong. Let's face our fear. Right, that'll get you out of pretty much everything. So these threats that cause panic may not be real, right, or anywhere as dangerous as they're made out to be. In most cases, things are not as you know delusions can take many forms and madness can manifest in countless ways the specific manner in which mass psychosis unfolds 
will differ based on the context of the infected society or group. Today, it's appearing as the leading edge of a totalitarianism where sacrosanct rights and freedoms that define our free society are being tossed into the garbage under the guise of safety, when in reality, the mandates are not making society any safer. It's only fueling the fire of discord and animosity, which is what the manipulator wants, division and diversion. Our society is, is being restructured as the rulers and the ruled. No longer are we, you know, a society of elected members representing the people but authoritarians literally dictating by fiat. The ownership and control of one's own body is now apparently up for debate. That by itself should be terrifying you. Do you own your own body or does the government own your body? We're, we're being divided into those in power and the objectified masses. Right, so what, what's even more scary is at this point, some people in each group undergo, undergo this, this pathological transformation that we were just talking about. The rulers are elevating themselves to unquestionable status. That is, we're not allowed to question them. And the masses are transformed into a, you know, dependent subjects of the, of the pathological rulers. The people take on the, the psychologically repressed childlike status where we don't think for ourselves, but we ask the nanny state, what do we think? What should we think? Tell us what to think. We're so scared. We don't want to face our fears. You tell us, oh, rulers who have wisdom beyond their years, right? What should we do? Oh, the humanity, please rulers, tell us for our own safety. Neither of these positions are healthy for a human to be in. We know this, right? Think about it. Is that a healthy situation for anybody to be in? No. The process turns sound minds into sick minds. No one wins. Everyone loses. Totalitarianism is sustained by delusions. Only deluded men and deluded women regress to childlike, dependent status of obedient and submissive subjects willing to hand over complete control of their lives to the state, to the point of what they think and believe. Only a deluded ruling class believe they possess the knowledge, wisdom, acumen to completely control society in a top-down manner. Society is overly complex. This is, it can't, right? So a society composed of power-hungry, narcissistic, deluded rulers and in a socially repressed society population can only lead to suffering and social ruin. So how does a society get here? It begins with the political establishment who are prone to delusions that augment or add to their power. And no delusion is more powerful to the power hungry than the delusion that they can and should control and dominate society. When they become possessed by a political ideology 
The next step is to induce the population into accepting the rule by infecting them with the mass psychosis amenable to totalitarianism. This has been done many times throughout our history. It's, it's simply a, a question of antagonogenesis, that is, mass psychosis originating by an antagonist. This is also referred to as menticide, or a killing of the mind, or brainwashing. But we have been conditioned to think of the term brainwashing as a conspiracy theory. As soon as we hear the word brainwashing, we automatically think, oh, it's bullshit, right? It's true. That's why I, when I hear brain, somebody say brainwash, I think, ah, you're nuts, right? The gist is they scare the shit out of us, right? And then they throw us a lifeline, a way out. Here, take this, this bit of information. This is, this is your lifeline, right? It's not the best way. In fact, you're not really even in a mess. And their lifeline is bad news but they want you to believe it and take the line they give you. So they have to put you in a certain frame of mind in order for you to do that. Most people are too scared, so they grab it and they swallow it hook, line, and sinker. And, and this won't be a one-time deal. It's delivered in waves of fear and terror with calm in between. And then the next wave of terror and fear is higher. And, and so you don't become too numb to the, the terror narrative and begin to shrug it off. Each successive wave is more intense and more rights and freedoms are taken away with each step. It's best to keep the target population confused. You know, so the, the story needs to be changed often enough so they cannot get their footing. You might think, who would believe such bullshit? But when it's delivered by our trusted politicians and our honest and unbiased journalists, we have two choices. Believe the lie or be smeared as a conspiracy wingnut who questions it. It's a very effective technique. It doesn't work all the time. But it worked on a lot of the people most of the time. And Bob Marley said... You know, they can't fool us. They can't fool all the people all the time. Well, I hate to break it to Bob Marley's ghost, but they don't give a shit. They're just going for critical mass, right? You get the right, a big enough percentage, right? And people, the, 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 the manipulative people will begin to pressure the free thinkers to play along. Right? Humans are surprisingly easy to deceive and manipulate and program. So what happens? Morality drops off, and a terrified uh, people are soft targets, right? They're easy. They're easy targets when they're terrified. They're more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I'm susceptible to the power of suggestion. So just point and claim that a some group is responsible for all your suffering. They're the, the, the source of all threat. And under normal circumstances, we would call bullshit. But in a state of terror, uh, we are more likely willing to swallow the bullshit. So the government officials and their lackeys in the news media will use contradictory reports, 
nonsensical information and lies. The more they confuse, the less likely the targets are to cope with the crisis because they cannot make sense of it by design, which prevents them from being uh, from diminishing their fear with understanding in a rational and adaptive manner. Like we mentioned, I mentioned earlier, right? This is one of the things when you come across something like this, you, you, you face it and you examine it and you try to rationally understand all the facts. And when they, they give you a bunch of conflicting bullshit, that makes it even harder, which makes you more, right? You can't get your footing. So confusion heightens the susceptibility of dissent into the delusions of mass psychosis. Logic can be understood. Illogic cannot. They don't want to communicate with your logical brain. They want to communicate with your emotional brain. When we're trying to make sense of the first lie, they drop another one, and then another, and then another. These techniques have been used by aspiring totalitarians forever when, you know, when communication was very basic. And never before in human history have the means existed to manipulate a society into a mass psychosis. Smartphones, the internet, AI, and algorithms that quickly censor unwanted information from seeing the light of day. So they're controlling the information that the targets are exposed to. It's brainwashing 101. Just just look at this channel. This very, go to my YouTube channel. I'm not sure if you're listening to this on a podcast or if you're watching it on YouTube or what platform. But uh, if you go into the, the YouTube channel, I put up a, a video of the speaker. You know, I installed a speaker in my old car, and it gets tens of thousands of views. And uh, I put another video up of, you know, the gear shift on that fucking car. Same, you know, thousands and thousands of views. I put a video of a drill I bought. Tons and tons of views. These videos, this this defending yourself against the dark arts, this, this podcast on, on <laughs> YouTube, I got like, you know, nothing, right? So the few views that I get, I think, are probably spiders from Google, you know, telling Google to bury these videos, telling YouTube to, you know. I did a search of my name and the name, the, like my fucking name and the name of that one of the podcasts that I did on YouTube. And not only to the video not show up in the listing, but there was nothing in that list from me at all. Not my channel, not one of my videos, nothing. I changed the search to include drill or car or speaker and boom, <laughs> they're there. No problem. This is in the YouTube search algorithm. So there are some censored words or concepts from my podcast. I'm assuming, you know, these, these, that they're, they're using to bury this. I don't know. Right. Cause you think there'd be, you know, some organic, <laughs> right? So these ideas must be dangerous. The, the, the fact that when I search my name, the name of my video on YouTube, and it doesn't come up at all, indicates to me that it's being buried because I can Google my name and speaker or gear shift and the fucking videos come up. So there's a difference there. So something is going on and, you know, big tech, right? They're, not, all these things point to, you know, conspiracy, right? So I'm not sure what about these these videos that they're, uh, they're trying to bury. But... Uh, if your Facebook is even worse, I mean, if, if you're on Facebook, just log off and walk away. It's a cesspool of controlled narrative. I mean, it's just a website. There are literally billions of other websites out there. Just walk away from that one. I mean, it is garbage.
why would you waste your time to be a useful idiot to be pumped full of propaganda and bullshit from a very biased narrative and not be allowed to see all perspectives no diversity of thought right so you'd be better off to go sit in a park without your phone look at the trees look at the sky allow your brain to decompress rest reflect have a conversation right question your world a little bit more 